Welcome to the feast, the happiest online space in the world, because God is here. And welcome to Talk 7, and the title of this talk is The Antidote. And can you say that again? The Antidote. So if you're ready to learn more about what this antidote is, let us pray our most favorite prayer here at the feast. Let's bring out our novena to God's love. And as we say, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I am God's beloved, I am God's servant, I am God's powerful champion, and because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Brothers and sisters, the word of God come alive. God will speak to you today. So if you have someone right now beside you, no? Sabihin mo sa kanya, God will speak to you today. Before that, let's try to review. Let's locate where we are in our teaching series. We're working on the Gospel of Matthew, di ba? Naalala nyo last time and we're now studying the Sermon on the Mount. In this sermon, Jesus peeled away the outer wrapping of six specific laws to expose God's heart. The laws against murder, adultery, divorce, oaths, revenge, and hating your enemies. Kung makikita ninyo, lahat ng ito, lahat ng mga law na ito are about human relationships. Why? Because more than anything else, God values our relationships. God values our families. And the, so if there's a family member right there beside you, again, tell that person, tell your family member, I treasure you more than anything else. Mahal na mahal kita. No? So that's God's attitude towards us. And He wants us to take on that same attitude. In the past weeks, we've already talked about the laws against murder, naalala nyo? And last week, we talked about adultery. So today, my, my dear friends, we're going to talk about divorce. Believe me, it's going to be explosive. So again, I want you to listen. Makinig po tayo ngayong araw nito. Napaka-importante ng message. Whether you're married, you're separated, you're remarried, or widowed, or single, no? Kahit sino ka paman, kapatid. God is speaking to you today. Ang talk na ito, para sa iyo. So let's read, no? Jesus said, You have heard that law that says, A man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say that a man who divorces his wife, unless she has been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. And that is from Matthew chapter 5, verse 31 to 32. I'd like you to pray this simple prayer with me. 
you may put your hand over your chest, close your eyes, as we say, Lord, I pray, impart blessing on all my relationships. Anoint them, Lord. Empower them. Pour your overflowing love into my small and big family, my friendships, my workmates, and everyone else that lives within the circle of my life. Lord, give me wisdom to know how to love more. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The Word of God, come alive. Today, our big message is, God loves your family. Mahal lang Diyos. Ayan mga kapamilya mo, asawa mo, lahat ng mga mahal mo sa buhay. No? In the past century, historians like Edward Gibbons, Christopher Dawson, Carl Zimmerman asked the question, Why do entire civilizations fail? And through careful research, they were able to trace the failure of a society to the failure of family life. Think of the mightier Roman Empire. No, balikan natin yung mga pinag-aralan na sa, sa araling panlipunan, world history. No? As early as the first century AD, Seneca, Roman philosopher siya, no? was already warning about the empire's fall. At that time, Rome had the most powerful army in the world. So people rebuked him. Sabi nila, ano ba mga pinagsasasabi mo? No? And they said he was crazy. When asked, why he believed so, he pointed to the disintegration of family. And this is what he said. They divorce in order to remarry. And they marry in order to divorce. <laughs> Grabe, ano? Parang nakaka, nakakaloko. Pero yun ang nakita niya. And the question is this. Isn't this what is happening today? That's why you're seeing the decline of Western civilization. Let's look at the statistics. And sabi nga, numbers don't lie. You know? These are the uh, statistics from the United States. Ito, almost 50% of all marriages in America end in divorce. 60% of second marriages end in divorce. And 73% of third marriages end in divorce. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I need to insert a lesson here. What do these figures show you? Ano yung mga pinapakita nitong figures ato? Many times, the problem is not the other person, but the inner person. If you don't change you, you bring the problem to the next marriage. In 1960, just 5% of births are from unmarried mothers. And if you, if you look at the number today, you know, the figure is 40%. Ganon kalaki ang, ang ginamp niya. And sadly, tayo mga Pilipino, no, mahabol tayo dito. We are catching up. And even without an official divorce law, marriages are breaking apart. And would you believe, in the past 12 years, there has been a decline of 30% of marriages in the Philippines because singles would rather live in than get married. Hindi ko alam kung bakit, ano, siguro, 
mas maganda sa kanila na magsama na lang, walang hassle ng pagpapakasal. But the chances of, co- of uh, coho- cohabitating couples separating rise up by 500% more than married couples because it's so easy to pack up and leave. Diba? Wala namang commitment. Sige, babay na lang. Ganun na lang. Bigla-bigla. So let me show you how disastrous this is long-term for any country. This is the question. How does family life affect the nation? Here are three concrete areas affected by family life. Number one, poverty. In the U.S., statistics say that only 5% of married family households are considered poor. But a whooping 30% of single parent households are poor. If we don't strengthen family life, we'll see more poverty. Number two, crime. Studies show that the most important predictor of criminal behavior is the father's absence in a person's life. Parang pelikula man yung dating, pero napaka-common yung mga kwento na makakakita ka o makakarinig ka ng mga kabataan na nagloloko sa school, nasisira yung buhay at karamihan sa kanila no, ay galing sa tinatawag na broken homes or broken family. Number three, government spending. Once upon a time, close-knit families provided for child care, health care, pension, elderly care. But because families have fractured, nasisira na, no? the government has taken over these services. And because of the twin evils of corruption and bureaucracy, trillions are wasted. Believe me, strong families will save a lot of money for the government. And let me say this as strong as I can. The real wealth of a nation is not its gold or its oil or other natural resources. The real wealth of a nation is its strong families. And here's a huge point. Loving families are God's antidote to almost every problem in the world. That's why God loves your family. God wants to use your family as his healing balm to this wounded world. And here's a note. When we say family, no? Yes, it, it means our blood. Kadugo natin. But family also means the church, which is our spiritual family. Okay, sige. Pag-usapan naman natin. Tapos na tayo sa statistics. Let's go to our scriptures. Let me give you a background to our key passage. Compared to other cultures around Israel, Jews were supposed to have the highest standards towards marriage. Again, sadly, as the centuries went by, divorce became rampant even among the Jews because of the way religious, religious teachers interpreted the law of Moses. And divorce was pretty common in the time of Jesus. Balikan natin yung ating scripture. Ano bang sinasabi doon? Jesus said, You have heard the law that says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. No? Napakadali. It was so easy. Susulat ka lang. Ayoko na sa'yo. Divorce na tayo. But I say that a man who divorces his wife, unless she has been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And anyone 
who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. Here is the original divorce law for Moses from the book of Deuteronomy. And it says, Suppose a man marries a woman, but she does not please him. No? Suppose a man marries a woman, but she does not please him. Kaya, kung titignan mo dito, medyo twisted na talaga itong law na ito. No? Sasabihin mo lang, sorry, no? yung, yung katawan mo, kung paano ka manamit, kung paano yung itsura mo, well, ayoko na. No? Ayoko na. Kaya, it, you don't please me anymore. Balikan natin, ano yung nasusulat? Having discovered something wrong with her, he writes a document of divorce, hands it to her, and sends her away from his house. When she leaves his house, she is free to marry another man. Ayan. So as you can see, the divorce law was so open for abuse. Getting a divorce was so easy. Napakadali niya. Just write a document and you will get that. No? Pwede ka nang mag-divorce. But the question is, was this what God wanted? The prophet spoke against this. God said through Malachi, For I hate divorce. No? To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty. Around a hundred years before Jesus, there were two esteemed rabbis. Sino sila? Si Shammai and si Hillel. Ayan, dalawa sila. And they had their own respective followers representing opposing schools of thought. For example, itong si School of Shammai thought that you only get a divorce because of one reason, adultery, period. Yun lang yung dahilan para makapag-divorce. Ito naman, sa school of Hillel, thought that you can divorce for any reason. You caught your wife talking to another man? Ayan, divorce her. Na, nasunog niya yung iyong nilulung, nilulutong pagkain for breakfast? You can divorce her. No? Nasobrahan lang ng asin yung pagkain, ng dinner. Again, you can divorce her. And you don't like her face, her her fake eyebrows, yung kanyang makeup, and you can divorce her. No? Kahit ano pang reason siguro na pwede maisip, you can divorce your wife. Again, the question is, which school of thought was more popular during the time of Jesus? The answer is obvious, no? Alam na, alam natin yan. And Jesus wasn't siding with the Hillelites, but was he siding with Shammai's? Since Jesus said that adultery was the only valid reason for divorce, well, not at all. Ito, here's why. If you read the parallel passages in Mark and Luke, Jesus didn't mention the exception of, the, of adultery. Let's take a look. Ito sa Mark's Gospel, ito yung nakasulat. Whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her. Ito naman sa Gospel ni Luke, yung nakasulat, for example, a man who divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery. There's no valid reasons of divorce na sinulat dito sa mga to. And whenever St. Paul in his epistles talked, ab- uh, talked about divorce, he didn't mention any reason also. So, why is it that in our key passage in Matthew, it seemed that Jesus was saying that adultery 
was an accepted reason for divorce. Basahin ulit natin. Ano nakasulat? But I say that a man who divorces his wife unless she has been unfaithful causes her to commit adultery. Ito yung sinasabi ng ibang mga Bible scholars and this is what they believe. Matthew used the Greek word porneia. Ano? Ulitin natin. Porneia. When Jesus said, unless she has been unfaithful. And it can be interpreted as adultery. But again, it's not the common word used for adultery. Scripture scholars believe Jesus was referring to a specific kind of adultery. It's adultery before consummation. What in the world is that? Adultery before consummation. Kung babalikan natin sa, sa ancient Israel, it was common for the groom and the bride to have a wedding ceremony, di ba? Alam na alam natin yan. Pero, yung honeymoon would happen one year later. No? Kinasal ka ngayon, pero yung honeymoon nyo, one year pa, mag-aantay pa kayo ng isang taon. Weird, no? I know. Ang weird niya talaga. And after the wedding, anong ginagawa? No? After the wedding ceremony, the bride would go home to her family and the groom would build their future house. Ayun. Talagang magtatrabaho, magsusumikap yung groom. Gagawa siya ng bahay para sa kanilang pamilya. And one year later, susundiin niya, nakalimusin siya. No? Paggawa niya yung bahay, susundiin niya yung kanyang asawa, nakalimusin siya doon sa kanyang uh, pamilya, sa pamilya ng babae. Tapos, uuwi sila, papakita niya. Ayan, meron na tayong outdoor jacuzzi with all the trimmings na gusto mo. No? So, it's possible that adultery could happen within that year. So, to Jesus, that was the only reason for divorce. Here's the theory. No other gospel except Matthew mentioned about Joseph wanting to divorce Mary. Ano ulit yung nasusulat dito? No? Matthew said, Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So again, five chapters later, Matthew could have been connecting this with what Jesus said about divorce. Obviously, this kind of adultery isn't applicable today. Why? Kasi right after your wedding, diretso na agad sa honeymoon, ano? It happens right after the wedding, which is a good thing, no? But here's my big point. Jesus wasn't siding with Hillel, who was very liberal, or even with Shammai, who seemed conservative. Jesus was revealing God's heartbeat for marriage, that God loved marriage that God loved family, that God wants us to fight for our marriage and our family, and yes, he was echoing the prophet Malachi, I hate divorce. Ayan, yun ang gustong sabihin ni God. Do you have a family? Yes? Kasama mo ba dyan? Sa paligid mo, sa tabi mo, ang iyong pamilya? If so, then I invite you to listen, watch as Brother Woody talks about how to fight for your marriage. Experience God today. God bless. Thank you, Brother Alex. As mentioned by Brother Alex, Jesus was revealing God's heartbeat for marriage. That God loved marriage, 
that God loves the family and God wants to fight for the family and our marriage. And yes, he was echoing what the prophet Malachi said, I hate divorce. So if you have a family, brothers and sisters, here's how to fight for your marriage. Work on your marriage in three crucial steps. Number one, character. Second, communication. And third, commitment. Let's discuss each one. Number one, work on your character. The fact, brothers and sisters, is that many marriage problems arise from immaturity. Many husbands and wives are kids in adult bodies. And since you cannot change your spouse, change yourself. Work on your own emotional and spiritual maturity. Grow closer to God. Deepen your relationship with Him. Or get help from a spiritual community like, like the feast. Or join a small group, a, 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 a caring group of couples who are also committed to fight for their marriages. I've said this many times, brothers and sisters, your happiness cannot come from your spouse. And one of the reasons why some people are frustrated in their marriage is because of idolatry. They want their happiness to come from their spouse. You know what? No matter how wonderful your spouse is, he or she cannot give you, he can only give you 30% of your satisfaction. The 70% must come from God, your friends, your purpose, your growth. Number two, work on your communication. You know, in one massive study, they asked thousands of divorced couples, what caused your divorce? Do you know what was the number one reason cited for divorce? Guess. Please type your answer in the comment section. No? Ano sa tingin nyo ang rason? No? Number one reason, why, why people divorce? You know, surprisingly, it was not infidelity. It wasn't the lack of faithfulness. It was the lack of communication. Couples were not talking deeply. So, what do we need to do? First, have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with your spouse and ask, uh, you ask each other, if we want this to work, we must set aside regular time to talk together. Tanong mga kapatid, nag-uusap pa ba kayo ng asawa mo? O dinadaan na lang nyo sa text o messenger? Na magkatabi na lang kayo, text mo pa, tara, kakain na tayo. Uy, maligo ka na. No? Second, learn how to communicate well. Learn how to listen. No, hindi yung pasok dito, labas dito. Drop defensiveness. So if you need to, to learn more about this, you have to read a, read a book, uh, watch an online seminar, or go to a counselor. Do this, brothers and sisters. Fight for your marriage. Number three, work on your commitment. You know, there's a cruel epidem epidemic afflicting our families, and it's called relationship drift. Let's say that again, brothers and sisters. Relationship drift. 
It's a very devious disease. And the only solution is to diagnose it early. But the symptoms of relationship drift are almost invisible to the naked eye because you're not really fighting each other. You are not screaming at each other. In fact, your home is so quiet, like a convent. Wala kang naririnig na nagbabatuhan ng mga, mga kawali. And there are no bloody court cases. But little by little, your hearts are moving apart. Intimacy is gone. Joy is missing. And sex only happens every time a comet passes by planet Earth. What is happening here? You are taking each other for granted. And one day, you know that the seas had run its full course because you wake up one morning not caring for each other anymore. You talk to each other functionally, not deeply. You don't enjoy each other's company anymore. You don't laugh together anymore. You spend more time on Facebook and Instagram. And you rarely fight. Why is this positive pagkasabi? Normally, ayaw mo mag-away eh. But if you rarely fight, this becomes an indicator that you don't care anymore. Even if there are conflicts between you, you don't care. You know, bahala na. Wala na akong pakialam dyan. Kahit, mag, kahit hindi tayo mag-agree, mag, uh, mag wala na akong pakialam dyan. Spouses, when you notice this in your marriage, this should alarm you to do something. And here's why this is happening. No? We, we live in a busy world where bills are needed to be paid, your cars needed to be repaired, your kids need to be fed, vaccinated, and nurtured. My point, it's natural that you drift apart. You don't have to be a bad person. You don't have to be like a Hitler or, or, or a Joker. You don't have to be obnoxious. You don't have to be selfish or evil to cause a disease called the relationship drift. Because two people in a relationship are like two little boats floating on the sea. But the problem is there's a current that will slowly pull the two boats apart. And before you know it, the two boats are miles away from each other. Brothers and sisters, there's really only one way to fight the drift. You need to paddle. If you don't want to drift, you'll have to go against the flow and paddle your way back to each other. You'll have to work hard, you have to muscle your way through, sweat like crazy, and fight to be together. And I believe that the only antidote to relationship drift is to commit to bond constantly. To close this talk, there are two last questions that I need to answer. Number one, but what if we can't repair the marriage? You know, in marriage, there are three evils that require extreme actions. Abuse, addiction, and adultery. So if you are being abused verbally, emotionally, and physically, 
or if your spouse is addicted to drugs or alcohol or gambling and is destroying your life and that of your children, or if your spouse is falling into a pattern of adultery, first things first, protect yourself. Leave even temporarily until he or she gets rid of the evil that he or she is doing. You know, I have seen some spouses, they repent from their abuse, their addiction and adultery. They recover and are, are living transformed lives and beautiful marriages. Yes, brothers and sisters, miracles do happen. Sadly, some don't. At the end of the day, it's still every person's choice to change or not. And the temporary se separation can become permanent. I know many single mothers and single fathers, and it's not their choice. They're separated because they had to protect themselves and their children. And here's a similar question. What if my marriage has already failed? You know, brothers and sisters, I don't care how messed up you feel right now. God is bigger than your mess. I know some separated people who, who refuse to marry again and they laugh it off telling, you know, I've learned my lesson. One mistake is enough. And they live happy lives with their children, especially with God as the center of their complete family. If God is in it, it is complete. Some want to marry again. But I tell them to get a civil and church annulment. Magkaiba ba ito sa divorce? Yes. Annulment is not a divorce, but a declaration of nullity that because of pre-existing conditions, there was really no marriage in the first place. Well, this is a long discussion, brothers and sisters, but I recommend that if you have questions on this, call our counselors in our messenger in our LOJ pastoral care. In any separation, one of the most affected are the children. And here are two things I'd like to share with single parents when it comes to your children. Number one, your kids will heal. Well, it will take time to adjust and their wounds will heal. And God will use their scars. What do you need to do for them? In order for your kids to heal, you need to get healed yourself. Be one step ahead in this healing path, brothers and sisters. Because they will take on your attitude. If, if, if your heart is filled with bitterness, that bitterness will overflow to your family. So get your healing from Jesus. Let His love heal you. Believe that even in a separation, God will bring good out of evil. Number two, your kids will believe. Your kids will believe what you tell them about their future. You are a prophet to your kids. So tell them every day, you will grow up following God. You'll experience His abundance and you will be a great blessing to the world. Don't just mount this, brothers and sisters. Declare this as serious as possible. Your kids will look at your eyes and see if you're really 
if you really believe in what you are saying, in what you are prophesying to them. So let your eyes declare what your mouth is saying. Because your kids will know if it is just sound waves, not hard waves. Now, I'd like you to show you these photos. Look at these people. Do you know any of them? Do you know what is common among them? You know, all of them are our friends. And all of them are face builders. All of them came from broken families. A testimony that God can heal, sanctify, transform, and bring out the good out of evil. These men, these face builders, are now being used by God to heal many. You know, God loves our family. I don't care how messed up your family is or how wounded or how broken. God is there healing, changing, and transforming. All we need to do, brothers and sisters, is come to Jesus. He is the source of all healing. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for watching and supporting our Feast Tai Tai Online. I hope you, you, you enjoyed and were blessed by this talk. I believe that God is using every means to reach out to us, to, to bring His words and His messages. Let us remember always to focus on what's unchanging, not what is changing. You know, as the Bible says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So in the midst of all this change, what is happening right now in our country, this pandemic, you can count on the truth that God loves you and He will never change. That God's call on your life, it will never change. Do not let all these changes make you lose sight of everything that is still the same. Remember, brothers and sisters, God is in control and He will make things right in our lives. Next week, we will have a new feast format. Now, instead of the six feasts that we have here in Rizal every Sunday, we will now consolidate this into two feasts. And the first feast is scheduled at 10 to 12 noon, while the second feast is scheduled at 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. And the morning feast will have brothers Cody, Nap, and myself as the preachers, while the afternoon feast will have brothers Monching, Neo, Mark, and Alex as the preachers. You know, support us in, in here, brothers and sisters, as, as we, we make this transformation to a better and improved feast. I look forward to your presence and active participation in our new feast format. Also, I would like to thank all of you for your generous giving, for you continue to share your blessings, even during these difficult times, brothers and sisters, I know that the Lord will bless you abundantly for your generosity. And I love what Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, when He said, Give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Jesus reminds us always that we don't give to get things. We give because God delights in your generosity. Our love 
for others reflects His loving heart towards us.